This week on the show, our pop culture references, we talk about the new Knives Out movie, Glass Onion, and fortune cookies. What? <laughs> he just looked at me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Got the giggles. <laughs> this is a great way to start the show. Well, no, you were like you were elbowing me, so I thought you were like, "Hey, hey, Dad, look, it's called glass onion." <laughs> no, <I'm> sorry. <laughs> oh God. I'm gonna use this whole opening. Yeah. <laughs> it's November 2022, and you're listening to Lunchbox Reaction. Welcome back, everyone. <laughs> I saw that pop. <laughs> well, you get that Thanksgiving turkey in you, and you just you just go crazy, don't you? Yeah. Yep. Okay, I'm joined this week by my two co-hosts, Brian. <laughs> that is me. And Linnea. That's me. And let's get this week started off with our pop culture references. Who wants to go first? I'll go first. So you remember we've reviewed the National Treasure movies, right? The first one, I think. That was a while ago. And the second one, too. I thought we talked about both of them. I don't know. Yeah, I think we talked about both of them on one episode. Anyway, on December 14th, Disney Plus will be releasing National Treasure Edge of History. Another one. It's going to be a series. I think it's 10 episodes. I don't remember right off the top of my head now. Uh, Nicolas Cage is not in it. Apparently, he would have been in it, but they had scheduling conflicts, so it's a new set of characters, although Harvey Keitel, who played the FBI agent in the first two movies, is returning. So it is it is a continuation of the story, but without Nicolas Cage, I'm not quite sure what that means. But anyway, I watched the trailer, and it looks... Semi-interesting. They showed a bunch of puzzles, and I guess that's what you expect from a National Treasure movie or series. So, yeah, I I think um, I will check it out when it comes out. If you're going to watch it, then I'll watch it, too. My pop culture reference for this week is that the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special has come out. We all watched it already, and I thought it was very good. There were a lot of different twists that I did not expect for a 44-minute fun little short. Should we talk about it, though? I thought we could probably do an episode about it. Maybe we will. Yeah, maybe maybe save your thoughts and we'll do an episode about it next week. That sound good? Yeah. I was going to say that. That was my thing. Well, that's the first time in a while one of us has stolen another one. I mean, I have another one. I'm just kind of sad. Oh, poor Linnea. Okay, so, yeah, I really like The Sims 4, and they've been, they did, like, an update recently, and lately, every time they've been updating it, it's been coming with a fair amount of glitches, and the last time they updated it, like, The Sims suddenly got really moody and angry, and, like, they would just be rude to each other, and it was kind of funny, but 
Yeah, they said they were going to fix it, but now they've like postponed fixing it till November. And people are sad, but I think it's funny. So The Sims hatred update. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it was an accident? Like, I don't know. The game just glitches sometimes along with updates. But I mean the, the moody and angry part. It was an accident. Oh, okay. Hmm. Very strange. They they don't they don't test their software apparently. <laughs> I guess Too busy not. working on Sims Five. I'm excited for the Sims Five. Oh yeah, we're gonna talk about that again. Only in a few years. A few years. It's so not that long a time. You'll probably be graduating from high school when it comes I've out. I've been playing the Sims Four since 2014. I can wait. Do you play that much? Yeah. Yeah, I see your play. Because I never see you down here playing on the computer. I haven't been recently. Oh, okay. Since, like, sometimes the computer mouse doesn't work very well with it. Do the Sims celebrate holidays like Thanksgiving and Christmas? If you have the Seasons Pack. When I had Dad fix the mouse. Oh, you did? I can play it again. I fixed a mouse? Yeah, you did that a while ago. You fixed the mouse. By getting a new one. No, I'm saying it doesn't even work with the new one, though. What doesn't work? Well, if like you put, if you turn on the Sims, like suddenly the mouse just moves really, really slow and doesn't line up with the actual speed you're moving it at. And I'll have to show you something. That sounds like a game setting. Yeah, we'll check it out sometime. <laughs> anyway, I'm I'm sure our listeners aren't really that concerned about how your mouse works in the Sims. Oh my God, no, her mouse isn't working. Now onto our main topic for this week: the new Knives Out sequel, Glass Onion. Okay. My first thoughts of the movies, since I'm not going to include you two, are I thought this movie was very good. I liked the murderer. I liked the plot. It feels almost completely different. You liked the murderer? Yeah, the murderer was played out well. (coughs) And I like at the end all the jokes that they made about the murderer at the murderer. I'm not going to spoil it, but it's very funny. The music is done well and all that. And I like all the other characters, too. But I still don't think it's as good as the first one. That sounds like your wrap-up at the end that you're opening with. Yeah. (laughs) I really liked the movie, too. I liked it more than I thought I would from watching the trailer. Because from watching the trailer, it looked like it was kind of going to be like The Hunger Games, but in a mansion. At least, I don't know, that's what I thought it was going to be. But I'm glad that it was still like a murder mystery and not like a murder party. What about a murder party mystery? I mean, that would be something. Yeah, so as Evan mentioned, this movie is the sequel to the movie Knives Out, which was sort of a sleeper hit when it came out. I believe it came out in 2019, and we never saw that in the theater, and it gained a lot of traction through word of mouth. People said, hey, check out this movie. It's it's really tightly plotted. It's It's a good mystery. It's a return to a a genre that really hadn't been done that much in movies in recent history. And it did really well. And then Netflix bought the rights to make some sequels. And so this sequel, this is a sequel called Glass Onion, A Knives Out Mystery. It was written and directed by Ryan Johnson, uh, same person who, who did the first one. And yeah, and this movie was actually made during the pandemic, which I found interesting because <laughs> there's a lot of talk about it but yeah but i don't want to get in too much in it because it could be spoilery i guess you know 
if, if you are interested in mysteries and murder mysteries and that sort of genre, definitely check out this movie. And we'll just talk in real very generalities about it, which I think we've done so far pretty well. So before we get started talking about the movie, I just want to ask, would it feel like going to a different movie theater than we normally do? Because normally we go to just like the AMC theater close to our house, but it was nice out too. It was only available at a theater like a bit away from us that was much bigger. So that was a definitely interesting and different thing to me. Yeah, so this movie is going to come out on Netflix on December 23rd, I believe, and it only has a limited run in theaters for one week. So probably by the time you're listening to this, it won't be in the theater anymore. But I really wanted to see it in the theater, mostly for that experience of seeing it with a crowd. And, and boy, the crowd we were with really reacted, didn't they? Yeah, <laughs> especially at the movie trailers. You just talk about the one trailer. Yeah, we could do a whole episode about the movie trailers we saw, especially one of them. Do you two want to talk about that, just as a side note? Yeah, sure. So there was this, like, movie trailer about, like, apparently this intense plane, you know, crashing. There's a murder on it, and all the all the passengers are slowly getting killed in this Very crazy... similar to the plot of Lost. Yeah, I, I thought that, too, and I've never seen Lost. It seemed really intense and all that, and then the, like, trailer ended... And it showed the title of it is just plain. <laughs> the entire crowd burst out laughing. <laughs> because I don't think any of them want to just see a movie called Plain. Yeah, I don't think it bodes well for their marketing. No. Plain. I thought it was a joke at first. <laughs> plain, the movie. Yeah, I believe we saw that trailer when we saw the Black Panther movie, correct? We did? I don't remember that. I don't think. <laughs> I know that I've seen, maybe I saw it. What movie did you and I, did you and I see a movie, Evan, other than Black Panther? Because I know that I've seen that in the theater. I've never seen that in the theater. Weird. Okay. Maybe you've just seen it like on one of those ads on those movie websites that you look at. No, no. I'm sure I've saw it in the theater because, because I can remember thinking, this is lost. I mean, it's... It's it's a plane. It crashes on an island. There are strange people on the island. The, the others, and even down to the point where you, we have a we have a convict wearing handcuffs who eventually helps out. And and even one of the slogans, uh, if if you're into Lost, one of the one of the big sayings was "We either live together or die alone." And and that was almost word for word on the screen when you know when they do their their cuts you know you're on an island blah 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 and and it and it was it almost had those exact words live together die alone i just was just laughing inside this is just totally lost but worse yeah but i i think i heard one of you say that's how you know it's a good crowd after you saw that the was mom <laughs> yeah good for you mom I'm glad you and mom took the fall for us so me and Evan didn't have to sit next to a random person. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, dad booked the tickets to the movie theater like just at the right time because there was just a small seat available in the middle. And as we show up, there was like on the seats that we were at, there were some people right next to us. And mom was like, oh yeah, you two probably don't want to sit next to them. Since we were, we were both like 
kind of forced back <laughs> there already. So mom took the fall for us. And actually, Dad no, did too. We were surrounded on both sides. Yeah. We were like geese. You were like geese? Or ducks. I forgot. Like, you know, because the parents are on like the other sides. Oh, the kids okay. To protect them. <laughs> anyway, back to the movie that we actually saw. Now onto our main topic <laughs> for this week. So one thing that I've been thinking about since I saw the movie, and, and now, now we watched Knives Out just earlier this week. I wanted to see it again just to sort of refamiliarize myself with the movie. And that is that I think Ryan Johnson does a good job of working in social commentary. Did you two notice that at all? Yeah. Mm-hmm. For Knives Out, he did a lot of stuff about the time that that was released. And there were just so many different COVID references in this movie since it was set in like 2020. So if you haven't seen the first movie, Knives Out, I'll just say that there is a lot of commentary in there, I think, about about immigrants, right, about people from other countries. And what I liked about it is that it wasn't overt. It was very subtle. And I think the commentary in this movie, I, I think he was very prescient about what was happening or what could happen because for this movie, and I don't want to say much more about that, but for this movie to be released at this time and then having things going on in the social sphere right now that are going on, it, it just it just works out so well, the, some of the themes in this movie. So I think kudos to, to the writing and, and just kind of how prescient that was. Uh, humor. What, what did you two think of the humor in this movie? I like the humor in this movie. Compared to the last one, I feel like there are a whole lot of different like time jokes, which is good. I think the characters in the movies play a different, like, role on humor, in a way. Like, I feel like the characters in the last movie were all, like, you know, uptight, rich people, which there are mostly in this movie, but they're all, like, completely different in the last movie. Like, they're all uptight, rich people who want to control an entire empire, but in this movie, they're being controlled by an entire empire, in a way. Evan, no, you're asking me what maybe what my favorite part of the movie was. Were you asking me that? Yeah, yeah. I now after some time, I think, I think for me, probably the opening fifteen minutes or so was probably my favorite part of the movie because I just I found it so hysterical. It really draws you in to what's going on, and it really helps reveal the characters who you're going to be following. It gives you an insight into kind of how they work. So I found that very engaging. It was humorous. It was funny. And yeah, I think, again, great job by the cast members. Uh, was, was there any cast members that stood out to you too? Uh, probably the one that played Andy, Janelle Monet. I feel like Madeline, Madeline Klein did a really good job as the character Whiskey. Just something about that character seemed like really mysterious and yet really clear to me. And I feel like that was how somewhat the character was meant to be. And Madeline Klein does a really good job, like, emanating that. Like, there's there's stuff about whiskey that you would never think that <laughs> that would happen, and then it just, like, happens. And you don't know whether the character is a murderer or not. When for other characters, it seems kind of clear. Whiskey is a big character that confused me throughout all this. 
I just want to point out Edward Norton. He's actually one of my favorite actors. I'm not sure if you've seen him in much, Evan. I know Lene, you've you saw you've seen him in Moonrise Kingdom. He was oh the, yeah, he I was the scoutmaster. I I was watching the whole movie. And I was like, who is this guy? Is Why that? do I know him? Yeah, I, I mean, I had seen him in things, but then I saw him in a movie called Birdman, <laughs> and which sounds funny, but Birdman. But I I absolutely love that movie, and I love his part in it. He is such a superb actor, and ever since then, I've just really watched everything he's he's done and. And once again in this movie, he's just great at what he does. He he has this air about him that he can take on a character and you you totally believe you know he is the the person he's playing and you know and that's an actor's job, but I think he just takes it to another level. And and in this movie, yeah, it was just it was just fun to watch him. I'm also going to shout out to an actress named Jackie Hoffman. She has a very bit part in the movie, but Oh my God! I think she steals the show. And again, this is in the first five like ten minutes three of the minutes. She's on screen. What's that? She was only on screen for like three minutes. Yeah, yeah. She's only on the screen for three minutes, but her character just stood out to me because <laughs> she's just in the background and she's saying things. And oh my God, the humor is so funny. So yeah, watch watch for a performance from her. I thought her character was good too. That was another person where I knew who she was, but I didn't know where I knew her from. Dad, when I heard you, like, when the cast was going on screen and I heard you, like, when the cast was going on screen, I heard you, like, go, oh, that's who that was when we saw Leslie Odom Jr. That was Mom. Oh, that was Mom. Mom was very surprised. Don't mix up parents. Yeah, yeah, I knew that that was Leslie Odom Jr. I didn't either. I didn't realize that till the end. So another thing that I want to point out for this movie, and, and again, I'm not going to name them, I'm not going to list them, but there are a lot of cameos and a lot of name dropping. So keep your eyes and ears open because you will see a lot of fun stars in the background or people with just a line or two. And then and the name dropping in here is, is just so funny. Uh, there's... There's items, there's people, there's, oh, I know this person, or I buy this product. And <laughs> I think, again, it just, it adds that sense of hyper-silly realism, maybe, that I'll say, um, which I just, I really enjoyed. So one other thing I wanted to ask you, too, about was the setting, this, and then maybe how it compares to that of the first movie. The setting feels completely different, but also really similar in the way that it's just a really rich person's house. But uh, I th- I like the setting in the first movie more. I like the mysterious house in the woods where an entire rich family lives like, kind of vibe. You could tell that from the first movie, like the rich person who owned the house was the guy who writ- wrote murder mysteries. Like they, I liked how there were like secret like passages everywhere, and there are lots of books. Yeah, the entire vibe of that house feels much more murder mystery than this one maybe that's why i like it more it's like out in the middle of nowhere just forests (laughs) also in this house there's only like weird nowadays paintings well in the old house there's a bunch of cool stuff like a big circle of knives it's pretty cool so i guess one thing when i when i meant setting how the first movie was in a in a new england sort of town and then this one is in the 
in some islands in Greece. So it's a very, very different setting. We got sun, we have bathing suits, you know, the ocean or the sea. It, it just, to me, it feels very different. And in fact, the, the movie is, the, the first movie, I think the main character was more the, the woman, uh, Marta. And in this movie, I think, our main character is is more is the more the detective, right? Right, Benoit Blanc, the detective. So we have that shift in perspective too. Do you feel like the main character from now on in all the other movies will remain Benoit Blanc, or do you think it'll like change? Yeah, that's a good question because he is going to make a third movie at least. All the movies will specifically have him in it. So, yeah, I think Ryan Johnson has said that he wants to sort of reinvent the way the movie feels every time. And he certainly achieved that with this movie because it, it's still a murder mystery. It still has Benoit Blanc, but it feels different. And, you know, it was that, that shift in perspective and the sort of the different style of it. So, yeah, I think, I think a third movie, who knows? It might, it might be a different character perspective. It kind of stresses me out, honestly. Like, what stresses you out? He's gonna have to like make it really different. Like, what if it doesn't work and it's too similar, and then people don't like it? Yeah, were, were you worried about that with this movie? I think <laughs> no, you said. No, I was. As, but I'm just scared for the next one, because and like, what if, what if that one is like really different? Eventually, they're gonna run out of place and have to do a murder mystery in space. Well, we have the whole Earth. I don't. Benoit Blanc takes a rocket up to the ISS to, de- to detect a murder. All right. Anyway, what do you think? Any other thoughts you want to share, non-spoilery? Or should we wrap it up? Uh, let's see. One thing that I really like about these movies is, like, the attention to detail. Like, there's so many little details in every single one, like, always comes back into play at the end. Like, a really tight-knit story, and I like that in a murder mystery. Yeah, the audience isn't cheated. It's not like there's some mystery paper that suddenly gets pulled out, and, oh, here's the answer. It, things are things are shown to you. So, so yeah, all the, all the pieces are there, and you just got to put them together. Like the last movie, this one also has a bunch of, like, those things that you realize when you look back. Like in the last movie, there's things about him looking suspiciously at some stuff. There's that in this movie, too. Like, something that I noticed immediately, like in one of the very first scenes, he already looks suspicious about something, and I had no idea about what until the end of the movie, and I was like, oh my god, now I remember, that's why he was looking so suspiciously. So... Uh, Glass Onion, a Knives Out mystery. What's our final opinion on it? I'm giving it a 9.5. Uh, I think that I would maybe give it a 9.5 too, but I don't know because I just felt similar to the first in a lot of ways for me. And like the first one, I would give a 10 out of 10. Uh, but I think, yeah, I like the first one better, I think, because I was listening to a podcast in Mom's Car. And yeah, it, it also wrapped up what I thought because they they were saying that this movie was probably just about as good as the first, but like the first one is like still better because like 
at the time it came out, it was just so completely new and original. And, like, it's just a very rewatchable movie. So, yeah, I like this one, too. Yep, I agree with pretty much everything you said, Leia. I, I do like the first one better. I would probably give that one a 10 out of 10. This one I will give a 9 out of 10. I, I really enjoyed it. The humor was great. There are a few things that I have quibbles with that <gasps> I can't really say because I don't want to do any spoilers. So, yeah, I'll just leave it at that and say 9 out of 10. Can you tell us after the show? No. I no. Because that's part of the mystery. Okay, I will tell you after the show. Okay. Oh, this mystery is going to end with a murder, Dad. All right, now it's time for... Fortune, Fortune cookies. cookies! My fortune is... An aim in life is the only fortune worth finding. Mine is to understand is hard. Once one understands, action is easy. Mine is cut off, but I think what it says is, <laughs> accept no other definition of life, except only your own. What does it look like if without the dad-edited version? Then it would be, accept no other definition O, life, <laughs> except only your ow. Except only your owl. Well, that wraps up this week's episode of Lunchbox Reaction. Thank you all for listening. You can check us out on Twitter at lunchboxreaction.net. We still don't have that blue check mark yet, Dad. You can <laughs> see our website, lunchboxreaction.com. Oh, no, I put it here. <laughs> oh, I know, lunchboxreaction.net. Um, thank you all for listening. <laughs> <laughs> I have a co-host here named Linnea. Goodbye. And then there's another one named Brian. That's me. See y'all later. We'll see you all next week at, at the, the lunch, lunch table. table. She said it with me. Yeah. <laughs>